Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. So this morning, I want to start us off with a little quiz. This is not going to be graded, all right? Don't worry about that. But a little quiz. And I want you to tell me, what do you think is more natural to a person? We're going to talk about kids first. What's more natural to kids? All right, so a kid gets hungry. Is it more natural for the kid to go into the kitchen and whip themselves up a very nice little lunch? Or is it more natural for the kid to whine and complain to their mom and dad until they, mom and dad are like, get out of the house? Obviously, we know which one is more, more likely, okay? Next one. Uh, one of the siblings asks another of the siblings to help them with something. Is it more normal for the sibling being asked to be like, just look at that sibling with care in their eyes and be like, you know, sibs, I won't do anything for you. Or is it more natural for that sibling to look at the sibling who's asking and be like, I've never even liked you. Stop talking to me. Okay, so we know, we know which is more natural. Uh, third one is this. If given a choice, would a child be more willing to go out and take a nice walk out in God's green, beautiful creation? Or to kill their brain cells with more YouTube videos? Now, I know what my answer No, I'm just kidding. I'd rather walk outside, usually. Um, but we know, what, we know kind of what's more natural for kids. What about for us adults? What's more natural for us? Coming to a complete stop at every single stop sign that we come to? Or never coming to, rolling through every stop sign that we've come to on the roads of America? I know, now, I, about two or three years ago, I got caught rolling through one. I got stopped by the cops. Luckily, I have a beautiful wife and four beautiful little girls in my car. And so the cop was like, well, I'll just give you a warning. I never got warnings when I was 21, <laughs> Okay. But there was a cop that was in the church, and, and the, the warning came through on his desk, and he, he made fun of me. And I felt really bad about that. Not bad enough to stop at stop signs still, but hey, you know. What's more natural? Praying for your bosses and leaders? Or telling everybody about how awful they are and how they're incompetent at what they do? What's more natural for you? To get up precisely at the time that you chose the night before that you were going to wake up, or staying up a little bit too late, hitting a snooze button a bunch of times, and then maybe rolling over and looking at your phone for another 15 minutes or so. What's more natural? For a lot of us, the natural thing is the easy thing. That's what it comes down to. Like, we end up going towards the easy things in life, the things that don't require as much of us, the things that don't require discipline. If Man, if everything, if discipline was easy, we'd all be disciplined, but it's just not. So in our homecoming series, what we're talking about, uh, we've been talking about some of the basic ideas for our lives as followers of Jesus. And today, we're going to talk about one thing that probably should be basic for all of us, but in all honesty, we're not always consistent with it probably. The thing we're going to talk about this morning is compassion. Now can I be honest? Compassion Sometimes it's one of those things that I want to run away from as fast as I can. Compassion's not always easy. Uh, when I see somebody hurting, I know that it's going to cost me a little bit of something to be compassionate in that moment, to give myself in that moment. It's not always easy. 
When I, see, when I see a financial need out there, maybe there's somebody close to me who has a financial need that is bigger than a financial need that I have, and I could help with it. I don't want to. Like, that's more than I want to do a lot of the time. Anybody ever go to the store, and they're like, hey, do you want the Roundup to go to this or that? And I'm like, inside, I'm like, no, I don't want my 12-cent Roundup to go to that. I like those 12 cents. I want to keep them. They're going to be like 13 cents in 12 years with, you know, interest and stuff. Like, that's, no, don't take my 12 cents. Man, I'm a horrible human. But what are we if we are not people of compassion? If we are unable to empathize with where people are, are at, what does that say about our own hearts? If we're so unfazed by other people's circumstances that we don't have it in us to pray for them in the situation that they find themselves in. I'm going to just throw this in there. A couple people you can be praying for. Uh, Matt Finical, uh, if you know him, he plays guitar sometimes for us. He had two surgeries this week. Uh, he had some... Oh, I. I'm not even going to try to pretend that I remember the stuff, but it was dangerous. It was oral stuff that could have gotten really bad. Well, he's already literally had two other situations before this week in the last year where he's almost died. Guy's been going through a lot of tough stuff, so be praying for him. Eric, our executive pastor, he flipped over on his bike a little while ago. And then he started hurting really bad, and he's like, his back, they're like, they don't know something might be broken or something, so... That's actually why he's not here this morning at all, because he, ha he, he has to stay home today. So, you can be praying for that, but what are we if we're not people who have the compassion to pray for people when we know that they're going through stuff? If we can't do this, if we can't be compassionate people, I think we're missing out on one of the core aspects of, of the nature of who Jesus is. And so what I want to do is I want to look at a passage here. Really, it's going to be two passages in the book of Colossians. Uh, Paul wrote to this, this church in the city of Colossae. And uh, we're going to look at this two passages starting off Colossians 3, verses 12 through 14. Here's what it says. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe, yourself, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if, anyone, uh, if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. All right, so this passage started with the word therefore. And if you've been around church very much, you've probably heard somebody say, anytime that you see a therefore in the Bible, you got to figure out what happened before it. What is the therefore, therefore? All right, so... Man, I didn't know I was going to get a laugh. I was, that was awesome. I'm going to keep making funnies today. What's the therefore, therefore? So we got to figure out why was this said? Why is he saying? Now he's saying we have to clothe ourselves with compassion. That's the first thing that he listed. We have to put it on. It's not something that we're born with. You don't walk into the world. Eh, well, nobody walks into the world. But you don't pop into the world with clothes on. Somebody's got to put clothes on you. Compassion's the same way. We have to clothe ourselves with compassion. Why would he say this? Well, it starts from the passage before this. Colossians 3, verses 2 through 10. He says, set your minds on earthly things, not on, uh, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. 
Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived. But now you must rid... But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Now we read the second part of this chapter first. Um, So in the first part, this Colossians 3, 2 through 10, What's he saying? He's saying that all of the bad stuff in the world that we do, it is a part of our nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, all this stuff, it's actually part of who we are. It's, it's kind of what we are born into being. It belongs to our earthly nature. And so without changing the trajectory of who we are as people... We're going to be inclined to do these things. And then it's going to show itself in other forms like anger, rage, malice, slander, talking bad. But then again, we look back at what we read first, that, which is actually the second part of Colossians 3. And Paul's saying, all we got to do is we got to clothe ourselves with something better. You come into this world naked. You come into this world and, and your natural inclination is going to do all the things that you shouldn't do. But we can clothe ourselves with something better, which is compassion. I don't know about you, but the, the bad things come easier to me. I think about anger. Man, anger is easy for me to get to. Driving in a car, like, that's all, that's all it takes. Have me drive in a car, I'm going to be angry at some point. Patience. Mm. That one's hard. That one doesn't come as easily. Slander. Slander rolls off our tongues, doesn't it? Sometimes without even thinking about it. But kindness. Man, kindness. It maybe doesn't, my wife maybe doesn't have to think about kindness as much as I do. But like, I have to try to be kind sometimes. The tough things that, the, the tough things take some effort. The good things take some effort. Some of you are sitting here, man, I'm, I don't know about you, I'm, I'm totally kind. Sure, maybe you are. Maybe you're one of the awesome people and you're just always kind all the time. But here's the deal. Maybe you've actually had to train yourself in kindness more than you even realize. We have to train ourselves in the things that aren't natural to us. We have to clothe ourselves in it. If you decided to wake up tomorrow and you're just like, man, I'm going to be mean. I'm just going to be a jerk all day. Would that... Would that take much effort? Like some of us, we've trained ourselves like, I can't say the things in my head. And so maybe you'd have to be like, just go ahead and say them. Okay? I don't know about you, like, I would love one day where I could just be as mean as I want to be. You wouldn't like it, because I'm telling you, the mean would come out. But, but if you said, I want to be perfectly kind, nice, and gentle today. That one you're going to have to remind yourself about, right? Ten seconds into the day and the kids are bugging you, you're going to have to remind yourself, I, gotta be, I'm, I want to be, be really good today. What's natural to us is the stuff that we don't want to come out. So in a world where the natural thing is to be selfish and to care about ourselves first, can we really become people where the natural thing for us becomes compassion? Compassion's tough. Can we, can we get past it and, 
and it becomes the default for us rather than the thing that is just lucky for us. So I want to take some time here. We're going to look at Colossians 3, the first part of Colossians 3. We're going to look at statements that, that Paul makes here of how we can be compassionate people. And so the first one that I want to look at is Colossians 3, verse 2. And it says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Here's the point with this one, guys. Learn to think in a God-focused manner. It is, it is not natural for us to think in a God-focused manner. We are self-focused kinds of people. And everything starts with our thinking. Everything starts with how we think. That's why Paul talks about in Romans chapter 12, you've got to renew yourself by changing the way that you think. We actually have to change the way that we think because the way that you think is how you're going to act. And so, how we change how we act, we change how we think. And actually, uh, a guy named Lightfoot says this, you must not only seek heaven, you must also think heaven. I really like what he's saying there. You must not only seek him. I can't just seek to be like Jesus. I have to begin to think like Jesus. I can't just seek heavenly things. I have to think heavenly things. It's the way that we think. It changes us. Uh, it's really, it becomes all about our inner disposition. What's going on inside of us? While our tendency is to think about everything in a way that it, how is it affecting me? What this passage is really saying is it's about looking at everything from the top down. Looking at everything from a heavenly standpoint. How, is, how are things affecting you based on what, the way the heaven's looking at it? Compassion is not compassion uh, if it's something that's just done out of compulsion. Um, we are called to be people. Christians are called to be people who, who love people in a way that is compassionate and loving and kind. Um, but here's the thing. Not all of us are going to be called into the same kind of compassion. Sometimes I think as Christians we, get, we start to feel guilty because, man, uh, this person does this thing in a compassionate way and I've never been called to that kind of thing. We're all going to be called sometimes to different ways of compassion. Some of you, you love pets like crazy. And if you could, you would start a, a pet adoption program. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> That's not the area of my life where I, like, compassion is just driving within me. Now, I think that, you know, we should be compassionate towards pets. I totally agree with that. We have a bunny outside. And I let it come in a couple times last year during the cold of the winter. And we keep it in the garage. And, okay? Like, I'm compassionate enough. Not all of us are called to the same compassions. But we are called to compassion one way or another. There's something in this verse that I think is really worthwhile for us to point out. Um... Not all earthly things are actually bad. It's said that, uh, that we need to put our minds on, on the things of heaven, not on earthly things. But it didn't actually call out the earthly things as being bad. I think it's important for us to understand that we need people in the world who have a compassion, the, the kind of compassion that Jesus has. People who have money, who have some power in government, who have uh, all this stuff. So that they can use it with compassion. What the problem is for us is when these things of the world, these earthly things, become the thing that we think about more than anything else. The thing that we strive after more than anything else. That's when it becomes bad in a sense. Because now we start to not 
we start to not live in a compassionate way in those areas. So it's, the earthly things themselves are not bad. It's how we're thinking about them. These earthly things have the ability to sap us of our compassion. Because what compassion does is it requires us to set aside our own goals. To put somebody else in front, in, in, before us. Instead of ourselves. So to start living with compassion, it is going to take uh, a God-focused nature in the way that we look at this life. It's not about us anymore. But all we can do is we can keep reminding ourselves of this. We can keep asking God, God, remind me of what this compassion is all about. Um, something that we have to clothe ourselves with. Now I want to take a look at two other uh, verses here real quick that are really close together. They actually sound very similar, but they actually have kind of a a little bit of a different meaning from one another. Uh, first one is verse 3, Colossians 3.3. 3. It says, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You died, your life is now hidden with God. The second verse is verse 5. It says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Now, I want you to catch this. Verse 3 is saying, You have died. You are now hidden with Christ in God. But you've died. But then it also says in this verse 5, your earthly nature didn't die. See, we have died with Christ. We've died to our sin. We've died, we've died and, we, and we've also, the Bible talks about we've resurrected with Christ. So all these things have become old. They passed away and we have this new life in Jesus. But still, all the earthly things, they have not died. They have not completely died. Put, we have to put it to death, it says. So here's the point. Learn to see yourself hidden in Jesus with all the potential to live apart from the nature that you were born into. We have a potential in us that we don't see a lot of the time because we don't see ourselves as hidden with Jesus. Here's, here's a little bit of the way I look at it. I, we all have fears. We all have um, stuff that we just we, we don't do well with in life. And if we let our fears overcome us and don't see ourselves hidden with Jesus... Uh, we're not going to live to our potential. When I was a kid, I was scared of everything. I l legit just was all the time scared of stuff. Um, I remember probably the two or three days before I went to sixth grade. It was the first year that we were going to have lockers. I legit was like, I know, I'm going to go to school and somebody's going to stuff me in a locker the first day. Like I was convinced. I don't know if it's, I just knew how big a mouth I had or what. And I was really short. Um, but I just, I was... I was scared of it. I was also terrified of heights when, when I was growing up. We would, I, I remember going up in a glass elevator one floor one time, and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't deal with this. This is really terrifying. Um, scared of the dark. I was scared of my house burning down. They do things to kids back, at least when I was a kid, and they'd always be like, you've got to have a, a plan, a fire escape plan, and everybody know where you're going to meet each other and your family outside, and I'm like, my family doesn't have a plan. What's going to happen? <laughs> so I would lay in bed at night, terrified that the house was going to burn down, and we don't know where we're going to meet. There's no other houses around. Just go outside, Kellen, and say, Dad! And I'd have been fine. I was terrified. But I will say this. When I was around my parents, it's like I was hidden in my parents and the fears were gone. As long as the, the TV was on and the lights were on and I knew my parents were up, I was fine. The moment that all that stuff turned off, 
there's going to be a robber and he's going to kill me. Like that's what goes through my head. It, crazy stuff in my brain. But you know what? We're like that a little bit. We, we let so much take us from the potential that we could otherwise live with if we hid ourselves in Jesus. If when I looked at my life, I didn't see myself anymore, but I saw Jesus living in me. There's potential that comes with that. There's a, a commentator on the book of Colossians named Maxie Dunham. that I, I love what this person says. They say, sharing in the death of Christ, we reckon ourselves dead to sin and empowered to become what we potentially are. When I hide myself in Jesus and I let my fears be dissipated into who he is and my identity becomes Jesus, all of a sudden we become empowered with the potential that we have in our lives. Power, a potential for compassion that we never knew we had. And so it's in this death that we put on something so beautiful as compassion. We die so that something better can be born in us. This obviously isn't a physical death. It's a death of our identity. God is saying, die to what you once saw yourself as. Now hide yourself in Jesus. See all the strength that you have in who Jesus is. And now you can live the life of compassion that you've never been able to figure out up until this point. But we have to choose to put to death all these things that keep us from compassion. You know, the, the verb that's used here in verse 5, that in most of our Bibles it's translated put to death. It literally means to make dead. And it's, it's really strong language. Like Paul is saying, you need, to, you need to kill this stuff out of your life. This stuff that's keeping you from compassion. 100%. And it's urgent. He's saying like, don't wait. Like, kill it now. Um, a, a way of explaining kind of the urgency behind this is if you were working in a factory and in this factory you worked with crazy heavy-duty machines and let's say your arm got caught in one of these machines and it was pulling you in. The urgency that Paul is telling us that we need to cut out this stuff in our life with is if you had an axe that you could reach for as your hand is being sucked in and your body is about to be taken into this machine, the urgency is taking that axe and cutting off your arm so you can live. That's the kind of urgency to cut out, put to death all these things that, that Paul's talking about. See, while Jesus does the work of saving us, you and I, we're still called to urgently do our part to put, a, to, put to death these ugly things in our lives. The only way that compassion is going to exist in my heart is if I'm willing to cut out the things that are going to kill compassion. There are so many things that will kill it. You and I, we have so much potential for compassion, but how have we been killing that, that potential? I want to look at one more verse from this passage to, to kind of help us with the how-tos of compassion. And it comes from verse 10. Colossians 3.10, it says, Put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Put on the new self. We are going to be completely new as we are renewed daily in the knowledge of the image of who Jesus is. So here's the point I want us to get from this. We need to learn to realign yourself with Jesus' compassion every day so that the true compassion can become a part of the new you. We have to realign ourselves with what compassion really looks like in Jesus so that that kind of compassion actually becomes a part of the new you and me. 
Some of you are still maybe sitting here thinking, man, like all this bad stuff, Kellen, that you're talking about, I don't think it's the natural thing for me. I think I'm a pretty good person. I do a lot of good stuff. The truth is, is a lot of the time, yeah, maybe, maybe most of how we live is pretty good. But what if it's just off enough? What if I am just off enough of what Jesus wants my life to look like? And I don't even know it. And so now what I think is compassion, compassionate living isn't really that living. Have you ever been around people before that you're like, man, they have no clue how they come off to other people. I've been that person a bazillion times in my life. Sometimes we don't understand that we're not even being compassionate anymore. Uh, an example, a, a way to illustrate this, um, there's a story I was reading about. These two guys, they love going fishing. And so they decided uh, they were going to go fishing one day. They heard about, out by this oil rig, it was about 100 miles off the coast, at this oil rig, there, there was a spot where everybody's like, man, the tuna are just crazy out there. Like, you go out there, you're going to catch stuff. And so they decide, they get in their fairly little boat with a fairly small fuel tank. Um, and they're like, let's go out there. Let's go fishing. And so they put, the, they put the boat on autopilot. And they're going out to this place. And there's, there's like three to four foot waves the whole way, nothing too big. And they're going, they're going, they're going. And, and at some point, they all, they're all looking at each other like, we should see this oil rig. Like, what's going on? Oil rig is super high. It's got lights on. You should see this thing from at least five miles off. So, like, where is this thing? They get to a point where they know, okay, we, we only had enough fuel, literally, to, like, get to this oil rig and get back. We have to turn around. So they turn around. They're, they're going back. Have no clue. No clue where where the heck they, they've been. And at night, long story short, they run out of gas. They're out in the middle of the ocean. They think they're going to die. Sun comes up. Luckily, they see off in the distance, close enough, they see the shore. So they end up not dying. But here's, here's the important part of the story. A couple weeks after this, they took in this electronic equipment from this boat and had it looked at. Well, the autopilot was off by two degrees. Two little measly degrees. Set them on a course where they were so many miles away from this oil rig that they couldn't even see the oil rig. Something that they should have been able to see from a long ways away. Maybe you've been around followers of Jesus and you're like, man, I just... We're, we're, not, we're not living the way that we're supposed to live. Like, this is not the kind of compassion I think that Jesus has for us. Guess what? If we are not realigning ourselves with Jesus, just like this, this boat needed to realign its, its electrical instruments so it could go in the right direction, if we're not realigning with what compassion looks like Jesus' way, we're going to get away from what compassion looks like. We might think that we're living with compassion, but we're not. We have to realign ourselves daily, every single day, come back to Jesus. Compassion shows that you are with Jesus, 100%. Um, our, our lead pastor, David, we were in a meeting a couple weeks ago, and he was, we were talking about compassion, and he brought up something that a guy named Brennan Manning said. Uh, the quote was, compassion is the defining characteristic of God. Compassion, 
the defining characteristic. Then you look at Isaiah 54, it says, For a brief moment I abandon you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. That's God saying, saying that. I'm going to bring you back. You see, compassion is about bringing people back. That's what God did with us through Jesus. He brought us back to himself. The question I have for you this morning is, who in your life do you need to bring back in some way? Where's between you guys can come up? I'm going to be done here in a few minutes. Who in your life do you need to bring back? Who in your life is so hurting? Maybe they've lost hope completely. What, what can you do to show compassion to bring that person back? Maybe, maybe there's somebody, they've got nobody in their life. They have no relationships. What can you do to help bring that person back through compassion? I will say this. Living in deep compassion for other people, it's not going to always be easy for us. But it's exactly what Jesus did for you and me. He came to this world. He died for us. His love was more than something that was just an emotion. He put it into action. The question for you this morning is, when was the last time that you have been moved in your gut to love someone with a compassion that drives difficult action. When have you been moved in your gut to be compassionate for somebody in a way that hurts you? You know, and there's a few ways that I want to talk about this morning, the ways that we can be living in compassion for people in the coming weeks, the coming months. But I don't want you, I don't want you to get away from the fact that the Holy Spirit can speak to you every single day if you're listening how you, he's calling you to be compassionate. Just last week, I was walking, I was walking in the back of the, the, this room during worship time, and a lady stopped me, and she's like, hey, are there some kids that, that could use some help for getting to youth convention? I'm like, there's always kids that could use help. She writes out a check right then and there. And I was like, that's really nice of you. <laughs> I, think that's ac- I think that's actually how I said it. I'm like, that's really nice. Like, that doesn't happen every day. She goes, I have to do it. God's telling me to do it. That kind of compassion is really cool. Here's a couple other ways that you can be helping with compassion. I already talked about it. Uh, this family that we want to help, uh, help them get the money so they can go to Walt Disney World. Um, our address is 1919 North Wright Road. It's like a mile from here. Wednesday, starting at 3 o'clock, we'll have baked goods out there and stuff. You can come and buy some stuff or just give money and we'll get it to the family. But uh, it's a way to have compassion. Another thing that's coming up is uh, we're going to get Wilson uh, coats for Wilson again this year. So winter coats, hats, gloves, uh, anything that you think these kids at Wilson could use, um, there's always a need for it. And so out in the lobby, we've got this little, um, oh man, I can't think of what the word is right now. Hey, it's a wagon. Thank you very much. We just lost some lights. But there's, there's this wagon out there that you guys can bring coats to, set it in there. Uh, we've got some other stuff going on. Operation Christmas Child next week uh, is going, we're going to have some stuff here for that. You can give to Operation Christmas Child. Another one, our Christmas love offerings coming up uh, around the Christmas time. That is something that we give to and, and that money goes to uh, other missions. It goes to things in our church to, 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 to finance some of the stuff that we do as a church. And so I just want to encourage you, be thinking about, okay, God, how do you want me to be compassionate this year? How do you want me to be compassionate every day in the coming months? Today, how can you clothe yourself in compassion? Again, it is not, it's just not always the natural thing for us. It's something that we've got to put on ourselves. Something that comes outside of ourselves. It has to, true compassion has to come from Jesus through us. 
Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.